What's up, folks? What's going on? Episode number four of the Spun Today podcast in full effect. Welcome back to the half dozen listeners out there. I appreciate the fuck out of you guys. Even if you're close friends and family that probably feel obligated to listen, <laughs> I still do. And for any new listeners or stumble uponers that uh, may have bumped into this podcast, I hope you stay well and like what you hear. Continuing with the tradition of last week, uh, the audiobook, the first ever audiobook uh, that I recorded, which is, uh, for those of you that don't know, I am turning uh, the short stories, um, shitty short stories, quote unquote, as I cariñosamente refer to them, um, turning those into audiobooks or whatever, my version of an audiobook of those short stories. Um, there's three on the website right now, uh, which is spuntoday.com uh, forward slash short stories uh, would be the specific page. And last week's uh, short story was Bully, and I'm going to continue that tradition this week. And this week's short story is Insight. I wrote Insight on July 26th of this year, 2014. Uh, By the way, today is Halloween of 2014, October 31st. Happy Halloween. And um, so going back to the short story, I wrote it on July 26th, uh, 2014. And it's based on, on a true story. And we're based on true events, rather, similar to last week's story. And um, it was like one of those moments that that resonated with me for some reason. And um, that is at the end of the story, like what you're going to hear at the end of the story. Um, so then when that actually happened, it made me like just like pause and like stop and like take a step back and obviously you guys understand what what I'm talking about if you get through uh listening listening to it or if you've read it on the website spuntoday.com and um it triggered me to you know backtrack a little bit and write the actual story so in hopes of you know maybe the general message of it will you know resonate with some of you and for anyone who's listening for the first time again I am not a fantastic writer by any stretch of the imagination um, I would be whatever a novice is a novice writer um, whatever is before that <laughs> but it is something that I enjoy doing and this is just my way of doing it so like anything else that we do or strive to do or feel a passion for I plan on it to get better with the time and practice and mainly hard work. But on a positive note, it's it's a pretty short, short story. Um, I think the whole recording of the audiobook, uh, the audiobook version of it, is just shy of ten minutes. So it's not. So it's not going to be too grueling of an experience. Now, for those of you that actually like listening to these don't uh, feel too bad because I don't want to just 
put out a 10-minute podcast. So this um, Ari Shafir-type, uh, Duncan Trussell-esque uh, intro is going to be just as long as the actual recording of the audiobook, uh, or maybe even longer. So stay tuned for a few more minutes to listen to the audiobook Insight. Now, something I wanted to touch on that I actually thought of today, uh, well, I was, uh, actually, I've thought of it before, it just um, crossed my mind again today to share it on the podcast, is train etiquette or subway etiquette. Um, for those of you uh, that aren't familiar, um, I'm from New York, New York City, that being, well, I'm from Queens and I work in, in the city, in Manhattan. Um, for those like non-New Yorkers, I guess the New York City is technically the five boroughs, right? Queens, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Staten Island, and the Bronx. And um, for us New Yorkers, we call the city just Manhattan, basically. And I commute to and from work uh, on the subway, the New York City subway, as hundreds of thousands or millions of people do a day, and. Just wanted to touch on on subway etiquette. <laughs> Something that that annoys me and and uh, cross cross my mind to bring up. Now the positives of the subway, as you know, most of us know, that it's cheap as fuck. You know, relative to to other other forms of transportation that you can take into the city. Um, you know, driving and taking a cab or something like that, um, you know, paying tolls and, and gas, you take a one-way subway ride for $2.50. I know, you know, everybody complains when it goes up, like, five cents or a quarter, but thinking about what you're getting, it's pretty cheap, $2.50. Another positive is that it's efficient as fuck. I get from Queens to Manhattan... And, you know, door-to-door, like, 45 minutes. The train's more or less on schedule, more or less on time, day in and day out. And overall, it's the lifeline of the city, you know? Now, the negatives would be when any of those positives go wrong. For example, if the train is late or if there's a sick passenger or something like that and there's a delay and the train has to stop, and stuff like that, and people are late for work, and that type of thing, along with the fact that it's not the most luxurious mode of transportation, right? It's smelly, it's dark, it's dingy, it's noisy, it's crowded, you got a bunch of weirdos, but all in all, given the alternatives, it's the mode of transportation of choice of the people of New York City. If it wasn't, it wouldn't be so fucking crowded all the time. And I'm here complaining about it being crowded. Meanwhile, I've seen uh, pictures of the bullet train that I think is in Japan, if I'm not mistaken, where they have employees, like paid people on the, uh, what's that called, where you stand on, the thing you stand on when you wait for the subway, the platform. They have Paid employees on the platform, like, pushing and jamming people into the actual, like, subway cart. That's fucking sick. Meanwhile, I'm here, and I get an actual seat every morning. And, um, <laughs> just have to stand, like, on my way back home for, like, 45 minutes. 
Boo fucking who, right? But now, my point is that being on the subway is a means to an end. None of us really want to be there. We're there. We're doing, you know, we're going through the motions, basically, to get to where we need to get. Either to work, from work, or wherever it is that we're going. So, while we're on there, there's no need to add to the negative aspects of us having to be there by being a cunt. You can cut down on the cunt factor just by showing a little bit of courtesy, a little bit of consideration. It'll go a very long way. For example, I'm going to start with the bags. Issue number one, etiquette issue number one on New York City subways, and I'm sure on other subways around the world and trains and shit like that. If you have a bag, if you have a big-ass bag on, or it doesn't even have to be a huge-ass bag. If you have a bag, meaning a book bag, a purse, uh, for you ladies that have, you know, large purses, and, you know, you have one side of the spectrum of, you know, the, you know, straight, straight and narrow, you know, thing that you're supposed to do, which is, you know, take off your bag, hold it down by your legs to minimize the, uh, the space between you and the other person and, you know, pretty much be able to like fit more people onto the train and eliminate that like dead space um that your back creates when it's just like on the upper half of your body if you don't want to go to that extreme end of the spectrum it's fine it's understandable most people don't but don't be a dick at the very least you know you have a bag on you're holding on to you know the aluminum poles that you hold on to when you're on on the train, stay put. You know, mind your surroundings. People are like always spinning around and moving and knocking into the person next to them with their bag and turning around and walking through and, you know, the straps on the bag, you know, when they turn, hitting a person in the face that's sitting down, like, stop. Just stay put. Just stand where you're standing and wait till you stop and get off the train. Because then you have these people also that are, like, bobbing and weaving, like, through the train. And, you know, to get from, like, an increase or, like, edge people for, you know, like, a a 10-foot space or something like that just to go from one door to the next. And it's bullshit. Whatever you have to do, guy, it's not that important. If you're on the subway, I'm pretty sure it's not your first time on the subway. At least for the majority of the people on there. And... You know where you got on the train. You know what stop you're getting off at. You know, you know where you're getting off on the platform. And, you know, going from one door to one of the other three or four doors that are on that actual subway cart is not going to create for you such a benefit that it outweighs the inconvenience that you're causing people by, you know, bobbing, weaving through the train. You know, and these are the same people that they're going through the train and someone is in front of them holding on to, you know, awkwardly holding on to one of the aluminum poles in probably like a unbalanced position where, you know, they need to be holding on to that. If not, you know, when the train stops or it begins to slow down and jerks around and stuff like that, people lose their balance. And then these people are like bobbing, weaving through to gain their half a second of time. And look at those people, like, in a pissed-off way, as if they're doing something wrong. Meanwhile, if they let go, they're falling on the fucking floor. 
So just stop. Stay put. Get off the train at your stop. And then once you're on the platform, walk there where you have where you actually have the space to do so. So that's that. Now, train etiquette number two or issue number two that I have is. All right. We're all again, we're all on the train and it isn't for recreational purposes that we're there. We're not there because we enjoy being on the train so much. So logically, we're usually distracted doing something else, either, you know, reading a book or listening to a podcast, uh, which is what I like to do, actually, uh, listening to music, playing a game on your phone, you know, whatever. Usually doing this with one hand and then holding on to, you know, like either the horizontal or the vertical aluminum poles with the other hand. Now, just because you are distracted with what you're doing, the other thing that you're doing, it doesn't give you an excuse to not mind your surroundings. And this happens all the time. And again, annoys the shit out of me. Person A is, you know, standing up, playing a game on his or her phone, and holding on to the pole with her other hand. And, you know, there's multiple people holding on to the same pole. And they're, you know, so into their game or whatever it is that they're doing on their phone that they're not thinking about their other hand, right? They're just holding it for balance and forgetting about it. You know, you're, you know, it's an aluminum pole, your hands are sweating, and, you know, gravity inevitably, you know, pulls your hand down a bit, and then you pretty much give a pound to the person who's holding the pole underneath you, and, you know, you touch hands or whatever. And then that person, you know, you know like jerks their hand back up and grabs the pole again, and then the same thing is gonna, happens again, and then again, and then again. People, hold the pole, hold it tight, hold it, the first time you grab it, have in your mind that you have to hold this pole tight so your hand doesn't move. That's what I do. Like, my hand literally, like, does not move at all when I hold that pole. I mean, it has happened happened to me in the past that I'm the person, I'm the dick that whose hand is, like, sliding down or whatever. But it shouldn't happen more than once if it does happen at all. So if you don't get in the mindset of holding the pole tight, once it goes down and, you know, you touch hands with the person underneath you and you, you know, move your hand back up on the pole and grab your little area there, it shouldn't happen again. It should be a one-time occurrence, if that. I don't want to hold hands with you, right? So, mind your surroundings, folks. So, now that I got that little rant off my chest, finally, um, let's move on. So, like I said before, this is the audiobook version of the short story that I wrote called Insight. And if you guys want to follow along while you actually listen to the audiobook um, with the, the typed version, uh, you can go to the website spuntoday.com forward slash short stories forward slash insight. And um, you can read along there. But if you're listening to an audiobook, you're probably not uh, into reading or maybe don't want to read uh, for whatever reason. So it might defeat the purpose. But... I think it's pretty cool to actually read along and listen to the audiobook, but obviously I'm biased. Um, what else? You have also, uh, 
on the spuntoday.com uh, website. Something that I don't mention as often as I think I should because it's actually my my favorite part of the website and probably is the section of the website that has the most content um, is the Ode to Podcast section. In this section, uh, it's pretty much a listing of different podcasts that I listen to. And within each one, again, it's called Ode to Podcast, and uh, it has a drop-down with um, a bunch of my, my favorite podcasts that I listen to. If you click um, any one of those, like the Joe Rogan Experience or the Drunken Taoist and so forth, you, you'll get to a page where it's like filled with content from those podcasts. Now, what I did here is... Uh, as I listen to these podcasts, if I hear something that I find funny or, or insightful or motivating or inspirational or that resonate with me in any way, I pretty much uh, type it out verbatim, uh, the conversation or, you know, the piece of the conversation that, that resonated with me. Some of them are, you know, can be like one line or, or two line things that uh, I just found interesting uh, for whatever reason, or, you know, some of them are multi-paragraph, uh, back and forth, uh, conversation that went on and that I wanted to capture and share. Um, and mainly that I wanted to, to capture so that I can reread it myself, revisit, re-listen to it. And, you know, it's something that I decided eventually to share with you guys. So that's, uh, spuntoday.com forward slash ode to podcasts. And also, each one has a timestamp, and this timestamp tells you which episode the, uh, you know, the text is from uh, that I typed out, and it's important that you guys do check this out, uh, this part of it out, because, well, to me anyway, I think it's important to, you know, not just uh, listen, uh, you know, read things or, or listen to things out of context like that. Um, but to, you know, check it out in its full context. So pretty much each each uh, one of those timestamps is a, you know, it tells you what episode it is. It tells you exactly where what I typed out, where it starts in the conversation uh, time-wise. So, for example, if, you know, I was listening to the Joe Rogan Experience and, you know, he was having a conversation with Brian Callen, for example, and, you know, they, you know, they were speaking about something that resonated with me and it was on episode 187 and, you know, it, that exchange took place one hour, three minutes and 38 seconds into the conversation. That's what exactly what the timestamp would say. It'll give you that exact specific time, um, of that episode where what I typed begins and, it's actually, each one is actually in red, each timestamp, and it's actually a hyperlink. So you can, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, downloading a podcast that maybe you don't listen to or that you haven't heard about. Um, and, you know, then searching for that specific episode, then listening to the, the full the full thing. You can literally just click on that hyperlink on that timestamp, and it'll open up a separate page. So, you know, you're not going to lose your spot um, wherever you're at within uh, my website. And it'll take you to directly to the page where that episode is found. So all you have to do is literally just click on that and then scroll to the time uh, that I have timestamped there. And, you know, 
listen listen to well what I typed out and follow along that way. Again, there's tons of content uh within that section and it's something that I like reading uh for for the reasons that uh I mentioned earlier, you know, different different reasons that um those things resonated with me and that you guys might find interesting. Then you also have the photography section. Again, I'm no uh uh, professional photographer by any stretch of the imagination, but I do enjoy taking pictures. Um, and you know, some of them by my standards, at least are, are pretty decent. I enjoy them and you guys can check those out. Also there, you know, it, actually this is a, a site that you, uh, any of you that are actually, you know, more into photography or more like on, on the professional tip, uh, into photography might want to check out. It's called Crated. C-R-A-T-E-D, created.com. Um, I have a page on there. Uh, it's created.com forward slash spun today. You guys can check that out. Every picture that is within my photography, photography section on my website is also on uh, this created.com website. And what created is, is pretty much like a social networking type of site um, for photography and like art. And people pretty much can post their pictures on there for free. And, you know, you can follow people, like their pictures, comments, stuff like that. Uh, people can follow you. And what Created does is actually um, give you a platform to sell those pictures. Um, it's, like, on a percentage basis. So you don't have to, like, pay any, any, you know, upfront fees or anything like that. It's pretty much if anyone goes on mycreated.com uh, page, uh, clicks on a picture that they like, they can order posters, you know, on like different sizes or of different sizes. And, uh, it's like in poster form or like on, uh, canvas, uh, on different sizes also. And you pretty much like you set your price and, uh, created takes a percentage. You have a percentage as well, uh, that you have worked out, uh, beforehand and it's pretty cool. Um, that's something else you guys can visit. Again, created.com forward slash spun today. And lastly, uh, the free, free writing, not lastly, uh, second to last, the free writing section of my website uh, is is an area you guys can check out as well. It's actually my, my uh, favorite form uh, of writing uh, that I enjoy to do. I post a bunch of stuff there. And lastly, the contact slash donate page of my website. Uh, you can go on there. There is an Amazon banner. Um, you can go to spuntoday.com forward slash uh, contact slash donate and click on the Amazon banner. It'll take you straight to the Amazon website where you can do your shopping as you normally do. Uh, it does not increase the price of any of your items or anything like that, but Amazon uh, does kick back a percentage uh, to me as an affiliate just for driving traffic to their website and that of course would be helpful to me to upgrade this uh the humble beginnings of the spun today podcast and recording on a free app on a phone and also there is the uh donate um option that you have there as well there's a like a little banner uh where you can that you can click on and it'll take you to PayPal where you know you can make donations if uh, you so choose. Now, without further ado, folks, I present to you the audiobook version of the short story Insight. Try and enjoy it. Don't fall asleep. 
And don't worry, it's only about 10 minutes long. Enjoy. It's a beautiful clear-skied Saturday morning, folks. The time now is 9.38 a.m. And you're jamming with Jammin' 102.8 FM. Here's Tracy with your weekend weather. Tracy? Thanks, Mike. Hello, New York, and hello, warm, sunny summer. Your low today is 73 degrees with a high of 84 and nothing but sun, sun, sun. Go to the beach, soak up some rays, or have a barbecue. Whatever you do, enjoy it. Because the eastern cold front is moving in quickly and our beautiful weekend will be short-lived. High humidity is expected, which will bring with it nothing but rain and thunderstorms. You can expect this damp weather for the majority of the day Sunday, beginning in the early afternoon, and continuing through your Monday morning commute. So get out there today and make it a good one. Back to you, Mike. You heard her, folks. loud today i thought to myself i need to get up brush my teeth and shower iron a t-shirt throw on some shorts and then some breakfast maybe a sandwich or some scrambled eggs with toast or something or maybe just a bowl of cereal yeah that'll be quickest i have a bunch of running around to do that i need to get to i'm supposed to meet up and go bike riding with james at three o'clock before that i need to go to the atm Go to the mechanic and have him check out that weird banging sound the car's been making every time I put it into reverse. That's always followed with a forced jerking motion. Then I need to pick up my laundry, pass by the pharmacy, then the supermarket to pick up what I need to bake that cake I've wanted to try. Actually, I should go to the supermarket before the pharmacy because it's closer to the dry cleaners. Then it's a straight shot to the pharmacy, which is a quick stop anyways, so I don't have to worry about the butter melting or anything like that. Yep, that's the plan. I got up, out of bed, and out of my head, and then started for the bathroom. Time's ticking away. After my morning routines, I finished getting dressed and went upstairs. Good morning, Pop. Morning, son, he responded. Did you sleep okay? You look tired. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I responded as I zoomed by, heading toward the kitchen, where Operation Cinnamon Toast Crunch was about to commence. I glanced up at the clock in the kitchen as Dad asked me, Do you have a minute to read this letter that came in the mail? Not right now, I responded. But give it to me. I will a little later when I come back from picking up my laundry. And from doing the half dozen other things I know I need to do, I thought to myself. That's fine. I know you're busy. Whenever you have time, he responded. I grabbed the letter, headed back downstairs, and dug into my bowl of cereal. Looking at the clock after every few minutes and readjusting my mental timetable with approximations of how long each errand will be taking. I opened up the letter to get it out of the way now. It was the same homeowner's property tax summary that they send every quarter. The same one that Dad always asks me about, each and every time, thinking it's an unexpected bill. I slurp up my sugary cinnamon-flavored milk as I walk toward the sink, rinse my fingers with water, and wipe my mouth. Damn, I forgot to use the auto start for the car to warm up. Could have saved myself a couple minutes there. I turn it on now, grab my laundry bag to give myself something to pick up next week, and head back upstairs. Going out? Yeah, Pop. I'll be back later, I responded. Okay, drive safe. I cut him off in my usual time-is-of-the-essence fashion. Okay, thanks, Pop. Here's the letter back. It's just a summary of the house taxes that were already paid. You can toss it. Happily, he said. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I thought it was a bill. 
But it didn't make sense because we pay the taxes through the mortgage, right? Yeah, Pop, exactly. It's the same thing they always send every three months. I have to go. See you later. Okay, son, see I shut the door behind me and quickly walked to the car. Put the laundry in the back seat and got into the driver's. Put the car in reverse, waited for that jerking. Okay, now I'm actually in reverse sound and headed out of the driveway. The mechanic was actually across the street from the bank, which is where I spotted it last weekend. The guy said I could pass by today and that he'd take a look and give me an estimate for free. Hopefully it's less than the 3500 one that I got a couple months ago. I left the bank and headed toward the mechanic. I was there for about a total of 20 to 25 minutes between him finishing up with the guy that got there before I did and him giving me a $2,700 estimate. Better, but not good news. I thanked him, got in my car, looked at the clock, and readjusted my projections now that I could swap two errant estimates with actual figures. I still had enough time to do what I set out to do. After picking up my dry cleaning, going to the supermarket, pharmacy, and remembering I also had to go to the corner variety store to buy razor blades, I only had about an hour and a half to bake this cake before I needed to head out to meet James at 3 o'clock to log in some biking miles at Forest Park. I got home, grabbed my press shirts and groceries from the back seat, and headed into the house. Hey, how'd it go? My father asked. Good, Pop, I responded. I'm going to make a cake for you to have some before I go bike riding in a little while. Oh, great, thank you, he said. I went downstairs, put my stuff down, and changed my shirt. Went back upstairs to the kitchen, prepped all of my ingredients, and in the oven, my all-white almond cake went. Time is starting to run tight. When it comes out of the oven in about half an hour, it'd be 25 to 20 minutes to 3 o'clock, which wasn't enough time for it to cool out for me to frost it. I text James and pushed it back to 3.30. It was about 3.15 and I had changed into my biking gear while the cake was cooling down, and I was ready to go as soon as I frosted it. It wasn't completely cool, still a bit warm actually. I thought about letting it cool completely and just frosting it when I got back from the park in a couple of hours, but I promised Pops a cake, and I had to keep my word. So I waited till 3.30 on the dot. James is already at the park, I'm sure. He told me he was on his way about 10 minutes ago, and he was closer to it than I was. I need to get out of here ASAP. I quickly leveled the cake and cut it in half so that I could frost the middle, too. I wasn't happy with the way the frosting came out, though. It was more gooey than thick and the cake still being warm didn't help matters much either. The frosting just melted into and all around the cake. It did taste pretty good though. It gave the cake a tres leches-like moistness. Next time I can't rush this much though. It came out way too sloppy. I sprinkled some almond slices onto it. Took one look at the clock showing 3.34pm and yelled out, Grab some cake, Pop, I have to go. I got my bike from the garage. Text James on my way as I rushed toward the park. About 10 minutes and a quarter of a mile's worth of residential streets later, I met James at the top of the hill we usually meet up at. Slightly out of breath, I gave him a pound and said, What's up, bro? Better late than never, huh? James said jokingly. Sorry, man, I responded. I was rushing over here, bro. I was baking a fucking cake that was still warm when I was frosting it right before I bolted out of the house to get here, and it came out like shit. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine and tastes good, though. Come on, let's get this ride in. And we did. My mind is usually racing. Thinking about what needs to be done, should be done, was done, could have been done differently, etc. 
I'm focused, but not in the moment at all. Whether it's making sure I hit the exact coordinates of my pre-plotted daily course, unnecessarily rushing conversations, or meticulously and methodically following a cake recipe, I'm just going through the motions, speeding through. Here I am at the park, trying to keep up with James and focus on the mileage on my odometer, oblivious to the beautiful sights all around me, forestry areas, hiking trails and other cyclists, people jogging, walking and talking, picnics, barbecues, kids playing, laughing, and enjoying life. Here I am pedaling away, too busy to stop and actually look around. It's always go, go, go with me. At about 8.5 miles, I reach the top of a long declining hill. My favorite, just to let the bike pick up speed via gravity, pedal free. And I notice two little kids that couldn't be more than three or four years old apiece, with who I assume is their dad, both on their little bikes walking up the hill on the opposite side and watching me and James in awe as we fly down this hill. And with the insightful wisdom of a thousand monks, this four-year-old kid whose helmet was still too big for his head yells out as we zip by, Slow down, people! That's right, folks. Slow down a little bit. Stop, take a breather, take a look around. Enjoy the moment. Be in the moment. And enjoy it in your way. Whatever way that is. For example, I like videotaping and or taking pictures of certain events that I'm at or taking part in. And that's how I enjoy it. That's how I'm into it. Some people look at that and say, come on, you're not enjoying it. You're not in the moment. You're just worrying about taking pictures and blah, blah, blah. But that's because from their vantage point and from their experience, whenever they have been taking pictures, etc., they're not fully enjoying the moment because that's like a chore to them or something like that. But to me, it's the exact opposite. If I'm not taking pictures, if I'm not, you know, videotaping, recording the situation, then I'm distracted in my head by not doing that. And I'm not getting, I'm not in the moment because I'm not getting what I want to be getting from it. And it also aids me in that when I look back or think back on, you know, certain moments and actually have these, you know, recordings or pictures or or whatever that I took while I was while I was there. It helps me remember, helps me reminisce, it, you know, brings back certain things that I otherwise would have long forgotten. And, you know, that's how I enjoy shit. So stop, take a breather, enjoy things, enjoy life, but do it in your way. And whatever way that is for you is what it is, period. I do what works for me, you do what works for you. That's the way it should be. Nobody knows or understands what works for you except for you. And as always, folks, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening.